Great. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Angie Atkinson, and I'm here with the lovely and talented Lise Colucci. Lise, welcome back. Thank you. My pleasure. Always happy to have you with me. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Lise is one of my fellow coaches. She's basically the partner over at queenbean.com. She has created this amazing group program that we have there, group coaching, um, and is also a coach like me uh, doing narcissistic abuse recovery coaching and counseling. You will love her if you don't know her already, so stick around. Let's get going. As we wait for our chat to pop up, I will remind you um, to, number one, watch for the reminders from Simmerine in our chat. She's one of our mod squatters. She will help you to know how to get in touch with us, how to uh, be here for each session that we do like this, and also Lisa's information, how to get to her channel, and how to be made aware of live streams as she does them herself. Hello, Connor, and welcome. Um, so today we are going to talk about the reasons why we don't leave the narcissist. It's so easy for us to tell people, just, just leave already. Like, and then people tell us, <laughs> they say stuff like, well, why, you know, if it's so bad, why don't you just leave? Like it's so easy, right? It's not that easy. We all know. So Lisa, what are some of the reasons that you can think of that we don't leave the narcissist? Well, financial. Of course. That's a big one. Um, in the time you've invested into the relationship or the marriage or the whatever it is, um, mm -hmm. feeling like you've put in basically emotional finances. You know, you've put in a lot of emotional time and energy into building something and it feels like a huge loss to step away. Um, coercion. Um, the, the narcissist hoovering you right when you're on the brink of leaving um, and they coerce you to come back. Um, cognitive dissonance. We don't, we know we should leave. We know the situation's bad, but we can also tolerate it. And we, I don't know what we think. Either it can get better or it won't get better, but I can tolerate this or well, at least, at least I know what's going on. You know, um, what else? Well, the trauma bonding of it trauma all. Trauma bonding, right? Right. 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 Um, Were you chemically addicted? Chemically <laughs> addicted. Your yeah. brain is addicted. Your body is addicted. You um, have kids. Did you say that one yet? You have kids. Yes. Having children is a big one. Um, love yeah. addiction. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, um, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. there's a few. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then just codependency in general. Codependency. Like you, mm -hmm. Right. Caretaking. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I remember... I remember a lot of times we see people who, um, you know, well, I, I personally, I struggled with how am I going to take care of the kid by myself? I, I had one child at the time. Mm -hmm. um, how will I handle paying for daycare? <laughs> who will help me if something goes wrong in my life? Narcissists do this thing where they isolate you, right? Mm -hmm. And so you look around, you have no one left and you think, oh, and then you either have to end up basically counting on someone else who isn't count honorable, which I mean, dependable right. <laughs> or, right. Or you end up like a lot of us go, it was again, another thing I did. The wolf, you know, is better than the one you don't. Mm -hmm. And that's not always true, but at least, you know, and so that's, and I think in my mind, oh, Jack says your chair looks like royalty. It sure does. It's cute. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> that was a good thing. Okay. I wish I had gotten that. Off. I mean, oh, I might do that later. We'll move on. Okay. <laughs> it needs to be one of those gifts, you know, <laughs> it was cute. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Empathy. Right. There's another one. Empathy we yes. have. That's another one that makes it really hard to leave. Oh, aging, yes. aging narcissistic parents, mm -hmm. someone put in chat. That's another reason. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's a big one. I know one of our moderators, I don't know if she's here right now, but one of our mod squatters dealt with that, still deals with that, but now has pulled herself out a little bit. Um, but it's such a, it's an ongoing struggle, right? Because, and then there's the intermittent reinforcement of it all. Can we talk about that? Oh, heck yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because what you end up with is you have someone who treats you like dog poo most days, but then depending on how long you've been with them, if, if, if it's earlier in the relationship, maybe it's like once a week, <laughs> once a month, but as time goes on, it becomes the, the norm, but you're always searching for that initial high, as they say, meaning that initial love body, the, mm -hmm. the idealization phase who you believe in your mind until you get educated that that's the real person and that you're just messing everything up. Right. And, and you're always chasing that person, that mm -hmm. initial high. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I've noticed is a lot of times narcissists, when they really feel that you're about to leave and they, and they don't want you to leave, they'll, they'll <laughs> flip and they'll start love bombing again. And this could be even in intermittent places. It might be like, once or twice a day or once or twice a week whereas before it was maybe once or twice a year mm -hmm. <laughs> suddenly they'll start being nicer and you'll go oh, it's not that bad maybe i should stay mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah it's uh, it, it, yeah fun. yeah i was gonna say another thing is um uh dependency on the narcissist a lot of people are groomed into learned helplessness mm -hmm. that's right talk on it speak on it um, yeah. the, the narcissist will do things that you find difficult to do, or you can't do, or you physically can't do, or you financially can't do, and they will take care of you in a certain way to get those needs met so that you mm -hmm. never learn to do those things for yourself, or you can't do them for yourself. And then they use that as a way to hold you there. Yes. That's a huge, yes. Uh, another one, um, they, they act like so when you first met them again, back to the love bombing, right? But they, they spent a lot of time listening to you during that time often. And they, they want to know like all your secrets and all your deep, dark truths and blah, blah, blah. So then they start to use those things against you. And when, let's say, let's just say you were an artist when you met. Now you're, you're a former artist because the narcissist is completely taking your identity, right? But then maybe they think, you know, this one's acting kind of strange. I, I think I'm going to have to give, you know, give them a little bit of attention so they don't leave because they need you, of course, for supply. And, and so they go, you know what, honey, I, I bought you a new like art thing, <laughs> like a, like a, a, an easel and some paints and some canvas. So, you know, I'd really love to see you paint something again. Oh my gosh. If you have been under the thumb of the narcissist for mm -hmm. the past 20 years, that's going to feel like a freaking breakthrough. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so they do things like that because they spent so much time in the beginning, studying you, trying to figure out who you are, trying to be you and take your identity and all that. But that's not it. All right, Lisa, what do you think? Right. <laughs> yeah. Then, the, and then you are, then the thing that is the thing you love becomes the thing they control. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. And, then, and yeah. then you're trapped in it because you can't do, you don't, you can't do the thing you love anymore without that reinforcement from them. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a mind game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's how they, one of many ways they create that codependent, you know, you literally feel like you need them, right? You do. You feel like you need them. It's a, it's, it's dependency more than codependency. I think right. in that case. because they are creating such scarcity and you, you and they're teaching you to, and grooming you to believe you can't do the thing on your own. Right. And, and another thing I think that happens, and this happens more often than a lot of us would like to admit, <laughs> is that they never, well, some of them, 
some of them will, will in fact leave when you tell them to leave and that's mm-hmm. very rare but but there are, there are some who would never ever they always think that they own you like oh, yeah they always think that you're part of them mm-hmm. so even if they've been gone 10 years they've got you in their back pocket yep <laughs> and so a lot of us feel very trapped by that mm-hmm. and we feel that we can't move forward we can't move on is that a fair yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. sometimes the narcissist is such a collapsed type of narcissist that <sighs> that they have no one and nothing and they are just a sh- they're just a horrible mm-hmm. wretch that sits on the couch or lays in the bed or doesn't do anything and you would think logically right Ooh, mm-hmm. yuck walk away but no the empathy comes in they've got you groomed to caretake them they've got you groomed to um mm-hmm. know that you're the only person in their life and that pulls on your heartstrings as well as your codependency and keeps you stuck genuinely yeah and and that's the worst thing i think because when you think about as essentially they're taking advantage of who you are as a person exactly like I, yeah. I've got um, a client who, well, a pro- former client who actually, she got lucky. She married a man right out of high school who was amazing, who took very good care of her and she took very good care of him. Perfect marriage for like 30 years. And then he passed away. And then she dated after an appropriate mourning period, she dated the man's former best, I guess his best friend who had also lost his wife. Mm. That didn't work out well. But then right after that, and then I won't even go into all that, but then right after that, she ended up um, marrying a different man who she had dated for a while, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, she was about to leave him and divorce him. And then he got really, really sick. And so she ended up oh, yeah. staying another like five years and taking care of him physically. And then she divorced him and she's still going to end up with nothing in the end mm-hmm. from, you know, for her efforts. It's just, it, she just did it to be a nice person. That is actually <laughs> one reason I stayed was that getting getting having a diagnosis that made it so that to leave at that point would have been almost cruel appearance wise yeah and so what do you do and in the meantime you don't just the thing what happens with you sometimes at least with me is you don't just keep it in the back of your like it's not you're not back burnering the exit what what i was doing was okay reset Mm -hmm. this is a reset this person will change from this life altering experience. This person will have a revelation during this life in, in what you witness. If you've, if you're watching is they don't, they they get worse. They get worse. They get more selfish and more self-directed and horrible. So have better excuses, right? Yeah. Better excuses. Uh And now they have a, a medical excuse and now, yeah. And now you're the bad person if you do leave or if you even consider leaving. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, there, we could go on and on with this stuff, right? I mean, there's with different reasons, like there are some narcissists who will question you to death, right? Mm-hmm. They'll be like, well, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Why, why would you leave me? What have I done? But then they have an answer for every single thing that makes you doubt yourself yep. because of course they do, because they've been learning for the last however many years, how mm-hmm. to keep you in your place, right? Exactly. And, in your place. That's the point. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and then of course we've talked about the trauma bunny thing and, and, you know, all of this comes down to, in some ways, when you tell them you're leaving, they have reasons for not, you know, they tell you why not, why you right. shouldn't, you can't handle it. They gaslight you into doubting yourself. You no won't one will be able love to you like, it. I love you. And you're thinking, mm-hmm. you're, if you're, if Thank you're thinking outside it, you're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point, <laughs> right? 
Well, yeah. another reason people don't leave, I think, is shame. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And this is back into, they begin very early to condition you. Right. You know, and they'll say something. I told you at the beginning of our relationship that so-and-so, my ex, did all these things to me. And now you're doing these things to me. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, of course I am. You're an, you're an abuser, right? But they don't see that. They just see yeah. that you have now become the bad person that they were previously with. And so when you hear that, you know, the smear campaign's on me, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. And then that brings me to the next thing I was thinking, which is people don't leave often because of what others will think. They may be with a covert narcissist who's altruistic and, and that communal narcissist has the whole community on their side because Mm -hmm. in in public they're shiny and charming. And if you leave, you are the wicked person who broke the heart of this wonderful human being Exactly. And so you not only you lose your relationship, you lose your community and your reputation. Yes. And, yeah. And people get really scared in those situations. I see that a lot. I see the same. I actually am working with someone right now who's going through this process and mm-hmm. that stopped her for a long time. Yeah. And, and the smear it, doesn't look like a smear. It looks like victim. Exactly. Okay. Listen, <laughs> this happened in every situation I've ever, any narcissist, I think two is two official narcissist I've gone no contact with um my my parent and my ex-husband and in both of those cases I knew it was coming with the ex-husband I don't know how I knew I just knew because I didn't know about narcissism at the time but I knew that he was going to start something I knew I didn't call it smear at the time I called it a sob story Mm -hmm. I knew he would have a sob story that he would go tell everybody and that's how he would get his next wife I knew it and it happened yeah yep. <laughs> you know and you see this and so whatever the label is whether it's smear campaign or sob story they're walking around telling people bad things about you and you somehow usually instinctively have an idea this is going to happen and oh, so yeah. that might be another reason you don't leave you need to keep your reputation intact but all of it comes down to and this is again what you were saying about um the community the local community or the people that that they know that you know and <laughs> it's it, I think if possible, it's ideal to move away from that community. If you leave, that's oh, yeah. not always an option, right? Mm-hmm. I was able to sort of move away from it. Um, I did move away from where we lived, but that wasn't our community at the time because we were kind of new there. So it's a whole other story. But uh, same thing with my parent. I was people. I was told by other people that she was telling people I was crazy, and I was I was you know mentally ill. I needed help. All this stuff, and it, and she was even putting it in newsletters. It was ridiculous but my audience happened to be a little bigger than hers. So that was fine. Um, Anyway. Yeah. So I think that what it comes down to is there's a lot of reasons, right? I mean, but then you have to ask yourself, when is, do you have any more reasons before we move on? I'm sorry. I I mean, I feel like for every person, right. There is a story and there's Mm -hmm. legitimate, what feels like legitimate reasons. Right. And they are legitimate in the moment until someone's sure. able to get themselves through it. Right. And yeah. I would never push anyone to do anything no. they were uncomfortable doing unless it was leaving a physical abuser. Um, but even some of these, and even then I'd still be like, I can't control you. You know what I'm saying? I can only do whatever you're willing to do unless I'm going to kidnap you. And I've thought about that a few times, but I, I don't like prison. So I mean, yeah. I no, I just don't think I do. <laughs> but anyway, I think my point is, ultimately we have to decide we need to leave if we do and then we have to take the action it's it's a whole process and it's for someone like a narcissist especially when you 
do take care of them or you do help them hide things. And I don't mean, I mean, just in general, their personality, you become their emotional dumpster. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes worse than that, right? Um, they need you. They have conditioned you. They don't want to have to start all over again, even if they are having an affair or doing something else. They still want you to be there, right? So if you do leave against their will, they're going to do whatever they can to stop you. And if they can't stop you, they're going to do whatever they can to suck you back in. The right. Hoover, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, <laughs> I think they say on average, it takes seven times, seven tries to leave and stay gone, you know? Mm-hmm. And so now some people do it on the first shot. Some yep. people have to come back and go back and come back, you know? Um, what about you, Lisa? Did you have to go back? I mean, did you leave on the first shot or did you have to try again? It was sort of yes and no, like first mm-hmm. shot, meaning it took a few months, Yeah, but that's sort of one shot, but it's, um, it's a hard one to answer because they discard within the relationship sometimes and you stay. And so it's hard yes. to know, like, was that a, did what, was that a thing or was that not a thing or what, what was that? And right. <laughs> there's there's also something I was thinking is that we often make excuses for the behavior to justify the behavior so that we can normalize it in our head and stick in it. And you know what I'm saying? Like we'll we'll have people gaslighting. Say someone's gaslighting you and they're projecting and there's all this, you know, they argue in a way that is really toxic and then they're mm-hmm. nice otherwise. Right. And so we will justify in our head, well, that's just this, or that's just that, or they had a hard childhood, or they had this, or they had that. And we'll make excuses in our head that are legitimate. They actually could be the legitimate reason, but that's not a reason to be a, a toxic manipulator. Hello. Right? But we <laughs> exactly. all sit in our head and when we're going through it, it's like suddenly we've justified it, we've understood it, we've classified it, and so we can deal with it. And yeah. sometimes that's what keeps us there is our own intelligence and our yes. own, yeah, our own awareness being, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really do. <laughs> and, we're, and we're good fixers and we're good, like we're more loyal people and we're, so sometimes it's, in other words, reflecting back to oneself, why am I tolerating this? Is this a toxic behavior? And what are the patterns that are going yeah. on? And yeah. what is the person doing about these patterns? Are they taking any accountability? And it takes sometimes talking through it right. to, to be able to get out. It really does. And I think that's why it helps when people do, you know, to join a support group or, or mm-hmm. a small group coaching thing, or even have one-on-one coaching because it, it offers you a different perspective mm-hmm. and it's, you know, Okay, I'm gonna talk about Fly Lady again. I've talked about her a lot of times, but um, <laughs> she's her. really, do you know her? Okay, uh-huh, she, yeah. she is really the original OG influencer in my opinion. Oh, heck yeah. Um, okay, mm-hmm. and I mean, I found her, what year was that kid born? 2003. Okay. I found her in 2003, okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like, okay. Anyway, she um, always said, you know, even if you're not doing this stuff that I'm sending you, read it because you're fly watching yourself. <laughs> which I think she meant brainwashing yourself, but in reality, you're basically fighting conditioning from outside toxic people mm-hmm. by showing up here, even if you're not ready to leave yet, right. by watching the videos, reading the, you know, the articles, all the things, joining the groups, reading what other people are doing. It inspires you. And it also helps to change the way you think because so up to this point, maybe you've been thinking, I deserve it. I'm a bad person. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing because that's what the narcissist wants you to think. 
right? But when you spend time, you know, virtually or otherwise around people who, and, and you read material about things that are the ideas in which you, you, you'd you like to have these, you want this perspective, you want to change your life for the better. You don't want to be miserable every day. This is the thing. This is what she was saying with fly, fly washing. And I think the same applies here. When people get involved, I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, you know, because of your videos, your support groups, your, I know Lisa gets the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're coaching, whatever, you know, I, I, I was able to get myself out of this, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's so beautiful. It because- is. I think people get a lot from that more than I even give it credit in my own head. Does that Indeed. make sense? Like I'll hear it. Really it does. Oh, really? I guess that does work like that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm always, always so happy. When it, and I'll tell you, just on a personal note, every now and then I'll be having a bad day. <laughs> and then I'll run into one of these messages from someone and it just makes my whole day. I won't yell mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Lisa, I, I think that's really fun. Okay. Let's do you want, are you ready to jump in the chat? I see a few sure. questions yeah. here. All right. Let's start with Anju who says, how do you break a trauma bond? Ooh. Good one. <laughs> Tough one. Yeah. So it's the thing you have, first of all, you have to want to, and you have to be willing to, in my opinion, and you have to be willing to do the work necessary. Yep. That sounds very, right? Sounds very simple, but it isn't <laughs> because there'll be a logical part of you that wants to, desperately wants to. And, and then there will be another part of you that's like, mm, I'm all right. <laughs> right. Because it's the, again, the wolf, you know, thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this, this one client who, absolute goddess of a woman, but, and she's far above and she knows logically that what she wants, but she struggles with her other side, that other part of her that's scared and, and that secretly, you know, doesn't quite understand the logical side of her. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, but she's doing the work, she's rocking it, but I'm just saying, this is one of those things that we, we all have probably struggled with. I like to say, maybe it's kind of your inner child or your, you know, but that's not really the right it is, but it isn't because it's also cognitive dissonance. That's, that's absolutely that's telling. So I tell people that it's their, um, it's their thinking brain fighting their emotional brain. Basically, so yeah. Inside yeah. your head, there's those two parts, and your emotional brain isn't on board yet. It's not ready. It's not on board. It doesn't want to believe because it's not right. because of the way trauma bonds work. So that's a whole nother yes. like topic. So whole other video. Just yeah. understanding that that's going on when you're in it and you're like, I must contact them. I have to, I have to, you can tell yourself in that moment, this is, this is what cognitive dissonance feels like. Mm-hmm. And, talk, and, and then find something to redirect because. Right. This yeah. is also what addiction feels like. This is what I try to be. Feels like. yes. and, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I tell people in my case, I, I tell people, listen, so w- would you have a sip of alcohol if you were an alcoholic? Of course not. You would be, you know what I mean? You can't right. do that. Right. And so it's the same thing. And it affects the same part of the brain, right? So we'll, we'll, we're not going to dig into the trauma body thing too much, but I'm sure that one of our mod squatters, I think Jack might be able to find our videos on that and yeah, paste them in for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, but it is. About yeah. One thing, no contact. That is the start. And if, it's you, the can't, start. if you can't because of uh, family or family, whatever, whatever, children, kids. work, whatever, finances, and low contact is need to know only. Yeah. That means and if you're no talking about the kids, you're yep. talking about the kid, the need of the child at the moment mm-hmm. that is necessary. You're not talking about what the child did for fun, what they ate for breakfast, how cute they are. You're not sharing and bonding. You're sharing pertinent information, period. 
and that's and that's yes. it, right? And yes. that's it's tricky, yes. but that's that's the start to break. That's it. right. That's really true. That's really smart and really true. And I think on the same <laughs> same topic. I'm, I was laughing because your puppies were making noise. I know. So I'm going to mute them and tell them to be quiet. It's so cute. <laughs> she has the cutest puppies. Okay. Um, anyway, what are they called? Some kind of a shepherd. But anyway, what are they called? What are those puppies? They're mini Australian shepherds. And they're so cute. They're not wanting to be outside. And there's a lawnmower going back and forth <sighs> on the street. So they're like, I hate when that happens. <laughs> I it's always like now. I know. <laughs> and after this, they'll lay and they'll nap. I'm like, you got it'll be all right. <laughs> oh, typical. Uh -huh. <laughs> anyway, so I think I think bottom line, like Lisa said with the trauma bond, and the other thing you can do is, of course, in the moment when you're having the urge, you can do a pattern interrupt, as Lisa mentioned earlier, where you just you stop, you change your perspective, you change your sort of, you know. I like to tell people, you know, you can go into a different room. You can stand up instead of sit down. You can mm -hmm. try going for a walk, take a shower, brush your hair, brush your teeth, anything. And then in that moment, when you break that pattern, you say to yourself, okay, now I'm going to focus on this instead. Anything that's not that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That'll keep your interest. And so we, we, I know we've both done videos. I, I know I've done videos on pattern up. I think you have. Um, it's an NLP technique, super easy. Um, well, relatively speaking. <laughs> it's not for resolving the problem, but it is for for getting through the moment it's momentary right. relief yeah, yeah. because yeah. see what happens when you're trauma bonded and then i'll stop <laughs> is <laughs> there's opioid receptors right in your brain that are let's say i'm just gonna like give a visual that's totally non-scientific they're like say they're active right and they're being flooded and so you're getting woo, they're you're full of this desire feeling okay that's what is going on when you're having that desire feeling unmet resolution, meaning you don't get that sip of alcohol. You don't pull the slot machine. You don't see the narcissist feels like pain. That's what their job is to make you continue to do the thing. It's to help you. That's the purpose of them met. You see the narcissist, you pull the slot machine, you take a drink, boom, you feel better. It's it's in you're flooded with hormones. So understanding that that's going on means you, we need to find other ways to make ourselves interested in life so that does that make sense so it's more pattern interrupt and then mm -hmm. go wait i need a bigger picture i need i need more things to be interested in because this is all and this is all related it's to neuroplasticity on. yeah right. and so, so we're teaching our brains no no not that mm -hmm. over there instead exactly we're rerouting those messed right. up neural connections yeah. yeah and it's a beautiful thing and if you can if you understand this is why the duo method or whatever because you know, first you have to recognize the problem, discover, understand this is what we're talking about right here and then overcome. So once you know you have a problem, this is why you have the problem and here, here's the solution, right? But it doesn't go so fast in real life. No, and um, it doesn't. And people always ask, how long is this going to be? It, it, it's individual. Don't, don't judge yourself. Yeah. Get help. Some people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen a person, one, one woman decided I'm going to recover. <laughs> one of my clients, she was amazing. And she did. She chose I think for about a month, we had like five mm -hmm. weekly sessions a month. I mean, no, uh, hold on yeah. every week. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and then we went down to one a week for a while. We, we kind of went to two a week, I think. And then we went to one a week and she ended up getting it all done within like. It's, it helps uh, having yeah. someone have your back through yes. this, who knows how to guide mm -hmm. you through this process really does that, yeah. that, that is capable. So this, here's the answer. There is no pet answer. 
No, That's why no. we coach guys, <laughs> because if there was a bad answer, we could write a book and hand it to you, or we'd sprinkle our fairy dust down you <laughs> and then, and be done right. and then be great. Right. And everyone would feel good, but it is so individual and everyone's path is different. Exactly. Everyone processes differently. Everyone mm -hmm. takes trauma in differently. So and what I have seen too, you're absolutely right. And, and what I would add to that is people will, uh, they will over, they think, okay, I'm, I'm healed. I'm done. It's over. But it's not. It's just like that drug we talked about. Yeah. If it's you're always going to be a survivor of that. Now you can also be a thriver. You don't have to tell the world you're a survivor, but you are always going to be a survivor of that. And so when you experience that, you always have to, you know, watch yourself and make sure you're not falling for another one, exactly. whether it's personally or otherwise. Yeah. Right. You have to do tune-ups in every part of your life all the time. And, and it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Kicks your butt a little bit. You're but... in good company, but it's hard. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, Lisa and I have to check each other every now and then. We're like, oh, yeah. you know, it helps. It so does. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And a lot of our, I think a few, at least a few. So we have one of our groups that's just for people who are mostly already recovered, but they still want to, you know, keep their. That's the Queen Being Bees group, and um, and people have been recovered, but they stick around, and then every now and then they'll have a relapse or they'll run into another one, and it'll just be very triggering for them. And you know, so it's just always good to, I think, maintain contact that's why i always say you know you don't have to stay in the groups you don't have to do all the things but keep my phone number in case you need me you know <laughs> for, for, yeah <laughs> keep in touch. yeah it just helps to remember and remind yourself yeah all right wait a minute um, um oh amber says poor health is a reason too yeah we kind of talked about that yeah um yeah yeah and it it is now miranda is saying that she lost i think her narcissist and she's he died in a car accident. i'm really sorry miranda that's a really rough one um, yeah. Do you have questions? I, I'm, I'm just going through the questions. I'm looking too. through. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm doing that thing where I'm trying to half listen and read. Yeah, I mean, too. Me too. <laughs> All right. Um, Jay says, our aging mother is what I'm going through. Yes, that is a rough one because you feel, you feel some kind of, mm, what's the word I'm looking for here? When your mother or your father or anybody who has abused you in your lifetime, gets ill you, you feel still responsible right and depending on which uh which culture you're, you're coming from and what the standard is there i know some some cultures have a high place higher value on parents and others i mean i think we all do a little bit right every culture but at the same time like you feel like a bad person if you walk away from somebody that you're related to who's mm -hmm. old and helpless um, and that's a tough call so i've seen people working with you know a lot of different situations in that in that same vein and what i've seen is sometimes there will be a, a toxic sibling that that takes over or that refuses to help but but is really the one who should be doing something depending on the circumstances and then you've got situations where uh, one sibling gives up their whole life to take care of an aging parent and then they end up with nothing you know <laughs> or or they do take care of the person because they want all the things they have to get power of attorney and they end up taking all the you know it's just what a mess. If you're an only child, I think it's even tougher because then you don't have anybody to bounce things off of. Right. Um, but I, I know what I'm about to say is going to sound cruel and terrible, but I do not think that you are responsible for taking care of your abuser in any time, at any time, if you are financially responsible or otherwise, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. there's such a thing as a nursing home or a caregiver in the house that you can pay <laughs> if you can, if not Medicaid covers some stuff. I mean, depending on the circumstances, but Personally, I don't think it's your your own responsibility to handle someone who abused you. 
at any point in your adult life. Lee's thoughts? No, I agree. I agree with that 100%. And also it's not an easy answer because there's there's the emotional side and there's the the emotional meaning, there's the the guilt and shame that's been placed on you. And then there's the society saying, but you should, you know, but, but no, they kind of threw away their parent card when they abused. I mean, I totally agree. (laughs) You know, um, that's why I'm always nice to my kids. I'm just kidding, but I really am. (laughs) Whenever they're like, that's so nice. Thanks. Can I do anything for you, mom? I'm like, yeah, take care of me when I'm old. (laughs) They laugh. Moment. Thank you. (laughs) Don't forget. (laughs) So silly. I'm banging on it. Anyway, no, actually, I I hope to be okay. Either way, I hope to be sane and physically well until the moment I die, which I have plans for for not anytime soon. Okay. All right, Adrian says, and jump in anytime. I don't want to be interrupting you, by the way. Um, I'm just going to read until you know. Okay. No, go ahead. Here we go. All right. Adrian says, when you move in silence to get away, to have peace, they will go crazy because they can't find you at all when you don't tell them anything. Then they try to get everyone, then they get everyone involved. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, if they can't find you, they feel obsessed. Like if you just, you know, move out. They're at work, they come home one day, you're gone, all your stuff's gone, or as much stuff as you can take in that amount of time. <laughs> they don't know what to do. They, they will go crazy. They'll probably call the police. They'll probably call you. They'll probably call everybody they can, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your boss, their own families, you know, um, anything they can do to get, to get you back into their control, you know, oh, yeah. at, mm-hmm. right? And then they, if they don't get you back into their control, yes, they get everybody involved. And, and then they go to the next level. They start talking about, well, I just don't know. Everything seemed okay to me. And all of a sudden, I mean, she must've gone crazy or he must've gone crazy, whatever, you know, um, um, any thoughts on that one? No, I mean, yeah, that's, that's exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it, um, yeah, it's, there's no easy way to leave. There really isn't. Yeah. that's right and there really isn't but the easiest i think is see my problem is i'm too talky i tell people things and, and then i i didn't with my mother but i didn't even know how, that's another story with my ex though i stupidly told him like a week before i left uh, that was the dumbest choice because then he became the perfect husband for that whole week of course yeah then that could go either way perfect husband or stone cold silence that makes you feel like right. Yeah. Like you want to, yeah. Yeah. Either way, uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so he was the first. So then as I'm leaving, I'm literally crying my eyes out because I'm leaving. And I like hugged him. It was this whole big, stupid, dramatic scene. I cried for a month afterward. Y'all, I, this person right here, I did not eat for three weeks. Me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, and what I'm saying is, it was probably one of the worst experiences of my life. To, to do it the way I did it but there's it's never like Lee said there's no easy way if you tell them up front and they turn into perfect great but then you don't want to leave right you tell them up front they they act horrible great but then you really wish you hadn't told them <laughs> but right. I think right I think when a, a violent person is involved then you you have to just sneak wait till the moment that you know they're going and then get as many people together as you can even if you have to pay movers and get right. Age yeah. Out, right yeah yeah and we can talk about how to leave in another thing, or you can watch any of the videos we've made on it. But yeah, um, let's see here. I've only got just a few more minutes. Lisa, do you want to pick it? Do you have a question for us? I just, I see a lot of chat back and forth. <clears throat> so I'm getting lost. Um, I know. <laughs> All right, let's see what we've got here. Yeah, and Angie says there are so many mind games. Yes, indeed. 
<laughs> yes, indeed. My, here's the infamous gin bug. It looks looks like a comment at least. Let me. I haven't read it through. We'll see. My ex cheated on me and is now with the rebound for six months now mm -hmm. and won't let me see my son, but watches my stories on Facebook and Instagram. What do I do? I still love uh, miss our family. Okay. If that's your biological child, you have legal rights to mm -hmm. be in that child's life. Uh, number one, number two, um, I think it's odd that your stories are being watched. I think it's proof of wanting to maintain a certain amount of control over you. Mm -hmm. um, I would most definitely speak to an attorney or someone who understands the laws in your state or your area. Um, and I would find out what your rights are. You have legal rights. Mm -hmm. he can't, they can't just take your child. How old is your child? I would want to know that. I would have a lot of questions for you um, that I would, I would, I would want you to know the truth. I would want not the truth, but your answers. And I'm not saying they wouldn't be the truth. I'm just saying <laughs> I would need more facts to give you better advice. Um, I do suggest if you're not already in one of our groups that you pop into one of our groups and check out, um, you know, put your question there because we have a legal expert on our team. Lise, do you have any thoughts? I'm reading that last sentence. I still love her and miss our family. I would work on the grief of allowing the grief that's going on there to process mm -hmm. and talk to someone mm -hmm. if you can about that piece, because what can happen is that's your door that's open. If she is narcissistic and I'm assuming you're here, I'm assuming it's a, she you said she, yeah, her, um, if she is narcissistic and I'm assuming that's why you're here because she, you, you believe she is, then that right there is a crack in the door where she can push to get in Hoover you twist it around and then discard you again or take from you more. And, you know, so that's the, that's the place where you can do your healing so that you can be um, less affected by the situation and focus on what matters, which is time with your child. Mm -hmm. And yes. yeah. And it's normal and natural to have those feelings. And um, yeah. So I would, I would talk that part through with someone if you can. I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, and so, so definitely take care of yourself, but I mean, if you look, here's the thing about kids and this is so, I don't even know. I'm just going to say it. Okay. The thing is six months is a long time for a two-year-old or a seven-year-old, mm -hmm. you know, to, to number one, stay connected to you. And number two, it sounds like she's probably pretending someone else is the daddy at this point. And that infuriates me for you. Um, for so many reasons, as a mother and a child, it infuriates me. Um, <laughs> and so I would just say, definitely take care of your heart, take care of your soul, you know, yourself. I mean, your, your own issues here, but, mm -hmm. but don't wait forever. She's, I think she's giving enough attention to you somehow, maybe that it, you've got hope that you will get back together. That's probably what she's intending. Yes, mm -hmm. but she's not coming back. And if she does, she's not going to be nicer to you. Right. And if I'm, you're here for if you're here because of other things, not just the leaving, mm -hmm. that that stuff's not going to change. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. No, and and she, there are legal rights that you have. If your name isn't on the birth certificate, you can even compel her to do a, a DNA test. I mean, if, if that's your biological child, if it's not your biological child, well, then that's a whole other ball, ball of wax, and unfortunately, you have more grieving to do. Um, she stalked but, me at my job and had flying monkeys ask me questions and they went back and told her stuff I told them. Huh. Yeah. 
protect yourself. Get be careful who you talk to. Don't talk about her to people mm. in your circle that know her. Because or anybody uh, who anybody you know. That yeah. is not like on your on like team you for healing, right? Someone who you are sure about, right? Like right. Mm -hmm. and I'm really sorry I'm gonna say this, but it's true. You can't even count on your your biological family necessarily unless you know for sure. Because right? people don't realize that they're these people will word things in a way where it sounds like concern. So mm -hmm. that then, then an actual concerned person will go and frantically try and get information to help the situation. But in fact, what they're doing is data mining and bringing it back to the toxic mm -hmm. person. And, yes. and that's not helpful to you. So as you see, as you're noticing, so yeah. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see here. Um, let's do you, do you want to do one more question each if you can Go find ahead. one? Uh -huh. Okay. All right, let's see here. Um okay. Jay say this is something, this is another reason we do our what we do. Jay say says it's so refreshing to be able to talk to people who understand instead of criticizing. This is part of the reason I started this channel, part of the reason I started writing about it a long time ago, because and I'm sure Lisa has a similar reason because we have both experienced trying to talk to people about what we're going through and being re-victimized mm -hmm. by therapy or by friends, family members, et cetera, who are like, it's not that bad. He's, that's a really nice guy. Or that's a really, she's, she's like practically, a, you know, a freaking angel and that's not true, but you can't, you get to this point where you go, oh, okay. And you just stop talking and then you, you just lose yourself and then you get to the point especially if you're still in the relationship but even if you're not where you forget how to talk about yourself right oh heck yeah so you know who you are yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's i mean that can happen if you're if all you're doing is working and going home eating dinner going to bed working going home you're going to forget that there's any life outside of that it's the same thing yeah. only more extreme because you have the pressure of a toxic relationship on top of it completely consuming your time and your energy and your attention mm -hmm. and your like all of your emotional focus is going toward how bad you feel or or working on that relationship so yeah you lose yes 100 yeah um do you have any final questions well, marcus said something but i don't know if they can type quickly then we can answer something <laughs> um uh, they need help Okay. Never, never been so stuck between a rock and a hard place. Narcissism is one of the worst, most stressful, highly underrated dysfunctions out there. You know, I was thinking about that exact statement this morning. You yeah. can read the diagnostic criteria. You can hear the, the terms. You can watch these videos. And if you have not experienced it, it is so hard to get it. It is so hard to see how destructive and dysfunctional it is unless you yeah. have the face of trying to like, communicate with one of these people mm -hmm. so um yeah i was exactly thinking about that it's all i got because i don't know what you're stuck between except unless it's trying to get out and then i would say watch the trauma bond videos talk to someone if you need it you know get into that group coaching program that lisa does because i think even even one of our support groups right but in that specific program i think people will help you lisa and the group can help mm -hmm. you see from a new perspective and it's a really full support thing. Mm. Please, you want to talk about it real quick, how the group oh. works? Oops, yeah, sorry. it's, um, we meet a couple times a week and I'm right in the process of 
yeah. Creating a men's group <clears throat> specific and then a women's group just for safety in emotional safety and for to be able to speak freely mm -hmm. in a not mixed group because there's things yeah. that you know get delicate <laughs> and people are triggered here and there people yeah. get triggered people or people are afraid to speak so it's it's kind mm -hmm. of both um and and i'm pretty good at hearing anything so <laughs> it's like, <laughs> bring, it, gifts. bring it <laughs> yes yeah, one, of the, one of the many talents um but anyway yeah so anyway we meet on zoom we meet for an hour a couple times a week and um yeah talk it, everyone gets a chance to talk if they need it and mm -hmm. or listen and, and you yeah uh, and your your ongoing uh, DM chat, I thought maybe. Yes, and we have a message chat. Oh, it's over on Facebook right now. Um, in the messenger, it's private, and it's just for the group uh, to kind of continue with what you're working on or what you're str mm -hmm. struggling with, and gets added support from peers within the group. And then I try to come in and help um, when I can. So that's right. that. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay. And information right. somewhere on here and over on Queen Being. It's all over the place. <laughs> Yes. Or, or you can email one of us and we'll get you the info. Yes. Um, I have one more question I want to answer really quick from Fatima. Mm -hmm. Hello, Fatima. She asks a really adorable question. <laughs> she probably doesn't even know. Okay. But to me, it's adorable. She said, is it narcissistic if you are easy, easily annoyed by little kids, at least the very loud and obnoxious ones? I think, I think even as a mom of three, <laughs> I, the, the older my kids get, the more aware I am of those loud obnoxious little kids mine were also those loud obnoxious little kids but but mostly I didn't take them one of them was really really rough in public um but <laughs> I only think it's a cute question because I've asked myself a similar question um I think as long as you're not doing anything to hurt anyone involved with the kids or the kids it's probably okay you're allowed to feel yeah feel. we don't have to have gushing loving heartfelt right. empathy for all human beings at all times mm. in every moment of our life we're allowed no to we're still humans we're still yeah. And it's natural, it, it is empathic to feel, uh, to read the room. Mm -hmm. And if yes. the room is wild and crazy and no one's in control and Lord of the Flies is happening, then you're going to feel annoyed as an adult. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And even, okay, another thing, sometimes non-parents feel more annoyed or sometimes, but here's what I want to point out. I, I was definitely less tough less tolerant as a non-parent than I was as a parent. But something that I want to point out that's really important is a lot of times CPTSD causes us to feel horrified by loud noises. Oh yeah. I mean, we are lit. Yes. Oh, yeah. and, and, and other forms of, of neurodiversity, especially uh, like uh, ADHD for me a little bit maybe, but I can't tell because also CPTSD, but right. uh, I get jumpy. Mm -hmm. um, it, and if somebody makes a loud sudden noise or right? Mm -hmm. Or shows up where I don't expect them to. Like my husband walked into the bathroom when I was in the shower and I almost fell over and died um, <laughs> after screaming and acting like a, <laughs> a crazy person. Uh, and it was no big deal. It wasn't like he walked into the shower, just into the general area. You know? no, it was, uh, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. didn't expect him. I had the music going, you know? So my, my point is we become jumpy because of CPTSD. Loud noises may or may not, depending on how it affects you, bother you. Um, sudden loud noises bother me a lot. Um, excessive loud noise bothers me a lot. So yeah, no, I don't think you're a narcissist for feeling that way. All right, at least anything else before we no, wrap up no, today? No, not at all, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, what, okay, wait, let's just do one last one. How do you know if you are not the narcissist? Okay, listen, do you care how people feel? Do you act on the, the 
from that perspective, do you act from the point of empathy or do you act from the point of selfishness at all times? And, and also go take the quiz at queenbee.com slash quizzes. We have all kinds of, like, there's one there, am I the narcissist? Take that one. And I'm sure you'll see that you're not. All right. I already and know she's not, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure myself, but I know you know her better than me. <laughs> all right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Um, take a look at um, what Samarina's going to put in the chat if she hasn't already started with our next information. At least when's your next session uh, live oh, over on, I'm hoping to, oh. on your channel? I'm hoping tomorrow it might be Thursday because it's, okay. it's one of those weeks, but. Okay, understood. <laughs> All right, so keep your eye out for Lisa's text and or notification from her channel. And um, I think we are, we, we got to go. All right, yep. I'll see, see everybody next week. Um, and we're also going to try to get those reminders put into our description following today. So that will help a little bit as well. Thanks everybody. Have a wonderful week. Lisa, you're amazing. Thank you again. Thank you. And thank you to our Mod Squad and members. Have a 